Voices and Visionaries, the podcast featuring the female forces in sports media. I'm your host, Kelly Burke, and in this week 16 Rewind, I revisit my conversation with the legendary Leslie Visser, voted the number one female sportscaster of all time. When you were growing up, there were no female sports writers. Literally none. Your mom was a huge influence in your life. How did your mom change the course of your life when she told you, sometimes you have to cross the path when it says don't walk? I was one of those kids that um, other kids love poetry or music, but I love sports. I mean, I, I learned to score the double play six to four to three when I was about eight years old in Fenway Park. I didn't get to go very often, but I really cared if they moved the runner over. And I, I had an authentic love of sports. Uh, my family moved around quite a bit when I was young. And we were living in, um, I think, Cincinnati. And I was about 10. My mom was a teacher. And she said, hey, you have any idea what you think you might want to do when you're older? And I said, I want to be a sports writer. And she didn't say, oh, you can't do that. Girls don't do that. She said to me, that's great. Sometimes you have to cross when it says don't walk. Visser was a pioneer, the first NFL female beat writer at the Boston Globe, back when women were banned from even entering the locker room. It just blows my mind that you had to stand out in the parking lot for so many years, waiting for players to come out on their way to the car because you couldn't go in the locker room. I'm so glad now that people find that like it's, you know, from the 1800s, <laughs> not the 1900s. but it just took, uh, you know, they had no ladies rooms when I started because there were no other women. So there are lots of things. The credential that I actually wore to the game said on the credential, no women or children in the press box. Wow. So it, it was a real frontier, but I mean, my God, I, I just feel so blessed. I, I've been on the field, you know, when Vinatieri's, field goal went through and uh, Bob Kraft said, it was right after 9-11 and Bob Kraft said, today we are all patriots. I've been at all those buzzer beater final fours, all the Celtic Lakers. I just looked at it like, um, I think I have something to offer. I have quite a depth of knowledge of, as I've gotten older and a lot of experiences. And you know this too, Kelly, you've been around a little. When you look, TV, the ones that you think are good and are authentic, they are. Uh, it is Tracy Wolfson and Michelle Tafoya and Susie Kolber and Aaron Andrews and Pam Oliver. They do know what they're doing. So I, 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 feel, I feel good that um, people have been allowed to get better and stay around. But an iconic career that spanned 45 years didn't come without its challenges. How did you handle when you had moments where and obviously, again, this was this is this wasn't 2020. This, these were this was years ago. But when it wasn't normal for a woman to be in the locker room, and you had men and athletes in there being dismissive or making inappropriate comments, the, the Jim McMahon example in your book comes to mind as just something that would never be tolerated today. But back then, it was kind of like the wild, wild west in the locker room. Yeah, it's hard to put today everything that we know back into 25 years ago, uh, 85 or was ago. And um, but Jim McMahon, uh, I got great with all those guys, and um, 
you have to picture the culture of the time was so he gathered the team around. He said, I have a Christmas present for you. And I was really surprised. I was after a practice. We were in the, everyone was in the locker room, all the reporters. And I said, I have a, a Christmas present. I thought, wow, that's pretty great. And they dug around to the bottom of his locker and it was a little box and all the players came around and I opened it up and it was a negligee. And I didn't know what to do. Crimson, I didn't know what to do, but it was laughing and, you know, put you in that spot. Oh, you know, have a sense of humor, but I was embarrassed. But he, he didn't mean it to be cruel. It, it was um, more that the time of that culture. And uh, I, I think you have to have some notion of the environment isn't always perfect. You know, men have androgen, we have estrogen, there's testosterone in the environment, especially athletes, they've, they've come through a lot. So I think they have to be mindful of you and you have to be mindful of them. Today, Visser constantly champions other women. The same type of support she got early in her career from black New England Patriots players who identified with her struggles. I remember when I, the Patriots and the best people to me were black players people like Sugar Bear Hamilton and Tony McGee, and they would let me go over to their house and watch the old film. It was actually on the old eight millimeter film to explain, okay, here's the three, four, and here's the four, three, and you watch the uh, linebacker, the Mike linebacker, whatever. And um, I, one time I said to them, what, why, why are you so good to me? And Sugar Bear Hamilton said, because we know what it's like to be the only one. Wow. I always thought that. So I didn't want to be the first. I wanted to be the first of many. And now we have them. You know, a young woman now can aspire to be you. She can uh, aspire to coach. She can aspire to do, well, you do all these things, but she could aspire to radio. She could aspire to sideline. She could be a writer. She could be a team uh, somewhere on the team staff. And that, I think that's fantastic because, um, you know, men are born recognizing a cover two. They, they loved it, so they loved it just like we did. Leslie, you've covered 35 Super Bowls, 35 Final Fours, World Series, the Triple Crown, the list goes on and on and on. Why have you been able to live out your wildest dreams? Thank you for saying that. Sometimes I look at it and I say, God, is that the same person? <laughs> I can remember pretty much the scene of each one. I had a great uh, piece of, a couple of great pieces of advice besides my mother. Uh, one of them was uh, at the Kentucky Derby, the great writer, Red Smith. He was the first uh, person to win the Pulitzer Prize for sports writing. Of course, he was with the New York Times. And at the Kentucky Derby every year, Red Smith would ask a young writer I was still at the Globe then. He would ask a young writer to walk the infield with him. And that's before the infield was corporate. It was all, you know, college with a supermarket, a, a basket full of food. And uh, he would do this every year. And we walked maybe four hours, five hours before the Derby. We walked through the infield and he said, Leslie, I want you to do this. No matter what you're covering, no matter where you are, make a memory. And I did that. So I have postcards. I mean, CBS sent me to the fall of the Berlin Wall to talk to Katerina Witt and see how sports would change in East Germany. And I have such postcards in my head, snapshots of what that was like. And I think then I was able to build on that. So now I have such a, a, a depth of re reference, 
because I've been to so many that I, I, can't, I can talk to you about the Phoenix Suns in 1993. So I think that really helped. And the other piece of advice that you've probably heard her say it too, Kelly, was the great Billie Jean King. Um, one time at Wimbledon, I think a lot of people don't know, she won 20 Wimbledon titles, 20 doubles, mixed doubles, singles. So she was always in the Wimbledon final. And one time over at Wimbledon, I said, um, Billy, what is the pressure of always being in the Wimbledon final? And she looked at me like she didn't understand it. And she said, are you kidding? Pressure is a privilege. Visser has channeled the pressures of her career into triumphs, elected to six Hall of Fames. This spring, you became the first woman to receive a Sports Emmy Award for Lifetime Achievement. How full circle a moment was getting that award? Oh, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, Sean McManus called me and I was blithering. That's the only word. I was like, you can't say you have the wrong number. You can't say you made it up. Uh, and it meant so much to me. Of course, his father, legendary Jim McKay, won the first Lifetime Achievement Sports Emmy, and the list, and um, it's not that long. Some years they don't give it. Uh, they're either men who I idolized or they're men that I worked with. And now Visser stands among them.